0: Let me sort of dot point what we mean by the word fundamentals in regards to um, to property markets, you know, and and make it as specific as we can to Hobart. So, um, Hobart's got you know more people with home ownership, or Tasmania's got more people with home ownership than any other state
1: in Australia.
2: Going one, going twice, no.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, And unfortunately, it doesn't give me any pleasure to reveal that Patrick and John are not in their spots uh, at the moment of recording. I have a confession to make. I might've blown it a little bit I, uh, with the excitement of having our guest on today, I uh, might not have done a backup, and it's kind of thrown things through the loop. So firstly, I've got to apologize to our listeners for uh, a lack in audio quality for some of our, well, the majority of this show. Uh, we had our guest Simon Presley on. He's an absolute cracker to uh, listen to, and yes, in all the excitement, I didn't record a backup, which would have fixed a lot of the problems that I've uh, had to deal with today in the edit suite. Um, that being said, it's everything he's got to say is very, very valuable. Um, it's a really good list. I'm not going to waste a lot of your time, um, here at the start of the show. I'm just going to say that we've got a cracking episode. You might see me and Pat wearing our footy colors. We We're having a little, uh, joke with the man, uh, from his last visit on the show. Uh, he wore his Brisbane lion colors, which were definitely, uh, warranted. Whereas our teams, the bombers and the eagles are sitting firmly at the bottom of the ladder so we didn't really have much to crow about but um yeah we had a little little yarn with him about that at the start with but uh in terms of the podcast the guy is a wealth of knowledge an absolute expert and a superstar so we do appreciate um yeah him coming on and, and chatting with us and again many apologies for the um audio problems hopefully i've tried to clean it up as much as i can um, yeah, all the content is definitely worth listening to, though. So jump on board the Property Pod this week, and we will be back next week with even more Property Pod. Thank you. That's right, crew. We are back at the desk of the Property Pod, and we have our favorite guest of all time, the guy who keeps reaching out to us and saying, Hey, boys, I can get you out of the trouble that you're about to talk yourself into. (laughs) It is uh, Simon Presley, the founder and managing director of Propertyology and Hall of Fame inductee of the REIA. Oh, look (laughs) at
3: this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If he reaches out to us to say hey i've got some stuff to talk about we better make sure we introduce the guy right? <laughs> yeah i appreciate that so welcome to the show simon presley great to have you back my friend. good morning gentlemen thank you for having me back
3: it's always a pleasure and thank you once again for reaching out um, i was actually excited uh you sent out a text message to me on saturday just before my team's open homes um and you know it, it was just putting some context into what's happening with the mainstream media the versus reality and i thought it was perfect timing so not only get you on to talk about it, but just to to re-inject some you know confidence in the staff as well around sales in the Tasmanian marketplace and Australia as a whole.
0: Yeah, I guess um well, I call it people being spooked, Patrick. Um, and it sort of it takes me back. I mean, geez, so much has happened in the world in the last two and a half years, but it, um, what's actually happening in the last couple of months um in Australian real estate actually takes me back to the very start of the COVID period. Um, back then it was different things. Um, that spooks people and 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 quite frankly, you know it was totally understandable that it spooked people. none of us have been through a global health pandemic before, but what's being spooked now has been with us um in, in the history of humankind interest rates um and the and the spooking I actually put it down to uh digital media, believe it or not there's a lot of good things from from digital media but 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 the pro the cons of digital media is. Uh, bad news that's not justified can just spread so quickly and it affects human psyche and that's what's happening now.
3: And I think I've noticed as well that the headlines that they use is clickbait headlines as well. So you read the headline and for some people they'll click and actually read the whole article and maybe the article's not as bad as what the headline implies. <laughs> However, the majority of people just read the headline and that's the end of what they read and they scroll on and then that mentality just gets pushed down the line to everyone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and because um, I guess everyone's got not just one device, these days they've got multiple devices. So when they feel like they're reading the same message over and over again, it be, it becomes adopted as truth and gospel. Um Without actually pausing to go, well, is that right? It's just a common denominator. Unfortunately, um, I think the digital world has made us uh, as suppressed intelligence. Um, we're getting more information, but it's poor quality intelligence. And if we just go back to, I mentioned this reminds me of COVID. Um, the first thing we heard from a real estate real estate perspective was property prices will tank. They will drop by twenty to thirty percent because yeah. the international borders being closed and you can't physically have price growth in estate without population growth. Now, that statement's always been false, but most people don't know that that's false, right? So that was the first thing. So, oh, doom and gloom, right, property prices are going to crash. Then as we come out of that sort of two to three months national lockdown, the the continuation of doomsday reporting continued. First, it was uh, job seeker, when that stops, no one's going to be able to afford their mortgage and then property values will crash. About six months after that, um, the doomsday topic changed and it became the loan deferral repayments. Oh, well, soon everyone's going to have to start paying their mortgage again and uh, they won't be able to afford that and property prices will crash. Didn't do that. Um, right. <laughs> and So over that two years, we've actually had the second biggest property boom in, in Australia's 230-year history despite those doomsday forecasts. Now we've got interest rates going from effectively zero to I think they'll end up back somewhere near where they were when the cuts started about six months before COVID, and people are going, oh, what was all the fuss about?
3: Well, I guess that's what we're hoping, obviously, in the property industry, um, that that is the case. But, you know, you point out some, some core fundamentals as to why you think that may be the case that I found quite interesting. I know my team found that as well.
0: Yeah, um, so we have got really, really strong fundamentals, and that—that's a big fancy word that makes people sound intelligent. So a lot, a lot to sort of, you <laughs> oh, know, start so using that more. <laughs> it's John's <favorite> um,
2: word. <laughs> <laughs> Fundamentally, I agree. <unreasonable. laughs>
0: uh, but let me sort of dot point what we mean by the word fundamentals in regards to um, to property markets. You know, and, and make it as specific as we can to Hobart. So, um, the, the Hobart's got you know more people with home ownership, or Tasmania's got. More people with home ownership than any other state in Australia. Uh, about 75% of Tasmanians' population live in their own home and 25% rent. Um, that standard house over the last 10 years has increased in value by about one hundred and twenty percent. That's not so. True. Household wealth is incredible, right? Yeah. Um, household uh, cash flows. Um, most people, contrary to the, the you know hourly media reports we read, most people have not actually taken on any more debt over the last few years. Most people haven't. They're still in the same home that they were in years ago. Over the over the years, as interest rates dropped most people, well, before they started dropping, were already paying a loan repayment a lot more than what the bank required them to pay. And that's common sense because no one wants to be paying a mortgage off any longer than what we need to. So when the RBA about three years ago started cutting interest rates, the actual loan repayment that was coming out of the household budget stayed the same. People sort of said, well, well, I can still afford to pay what I was paying. If they, if they want to charge me less interest, so be it. So they continue to do that. Often uh, people have got a direct debit set up. So that means as the RBA drops interest rates, they're paying more off the principal rather than interest. So not only is their a- asset value growing at a really, really sharp pace, the, the, the reduction of their debt is accelerating as well. So they've continued to do that over the last three years. Fast forward to now, uh, their home is worth more than what they probably ever imagined and their mortgage is a lot smaller than what it was. Um, Progressively, the RBA will claw back interest rates back to somewhere near where they were three years ago, and the household budget for an overwhelming majority of mortgage holders will not feel anything because they're already paying a lot more than what they require. Um, The RBA, about six months ago, published a report. uh, They said that the combined sum of everyone in a mortgage in Australia, um, surplus money in offset accounts and redraw facilities was well over $100 billion. So not only have we got all this equity in our house, we are flush with cash. Some strong fundamentals there. Our economy, just this month, Tasmania officially broke an all-time record lowest unemployment rate ever. There are more jobs available than people available to fill it. You have the biggest infrastructure pipeline in your city's history. These are not bad things. We are seeing the return of international tourism international students this will give a further boost to your economy you are a world leader for renewable energy i'm so excited that you will probably have an afl football team in the coming years and (laughs) and forgetting forgetting that i love sports that is a seriously huge thing for your economy seriously huge the wonders it will do for confidence the um the extra visitor uh, revenue that you'll get you'll get from it, the promotion of your great city um, to more mainland Australians and, and globally if that matter. Like that's that's huge. Um, so these are really strong fundamentals. Now importantly, re, uh, real estate stock. <laughs> Got some official numbers here for you. This time 10 years ago, there were 750 properties advertised for rents in Hobart and that was a balanced rental market. Your vacancy rate this time 10 years ago, it was 3%, which is bang on balance, 750. Today, there are 130 dwellings advertised for rent. Hobart's population over that 10-year period of time has increased by 25,000 people. Your available rental supply, you're, you're about 20% of what it was 10 years ago that's available to rent. Resale supply, this is your game. The stock on the market that real estate agents have to sell to someone who wants to buy. This time 10 years ago, Hobart had 4,600 dwellings advertised for sale. Today, Hobart has 1,500 dwellings Mm. advertised for sale. So what does this mean? Supply of real estate. And real estate is what? It's shelter. It's Mm. essential. It doesn't matter whether we're in a global health pandemic or whether we're in a rising interest rate cycle. We always need it. It's not shares on the stock market. It's an essential commodity. You've got an all-time record low number of dwellings for sale and for rent at a time when your economy has never been better and will get better. They are not fundamentals for a downturn. All we've got at the moment is fewer buyers at open homes. You you guys are on the ground. I'll be fairly confident that you'll support what I'm about to say. You'll have less people going to your open homes than normal. I would be surprised if you say you've got a heck of a lot more properties for sale than what you had six or 12 months ago. You might have a little bit more, but probably not much more. But you've got fewer buyers. Mm -hmm. Because there's so little properties for sale, you don't need many buyers for there to be pressure. Mm -hmm. Because those who who are wanting to buy don't have many choices still. So that doesn't take much for there to be price growth. And then the in the five months so far this calendar year, Hobart's median house prices increased by seven percent in five months. So you annualise that and you're still in about fifteen percent per annum category. Um this is before they start started cutting interest rates. So what I think will happen is will continue to see buyers spooked because they're not consuming the information I've just shared with you. Um, And you'll see less people at open homes until some point they'll sort of go, what what the hell am I worried about? I'm gonna get on with my life. And then they'll come out and they'll start to transact in real estate. You'll see more people at open homes and they will be confronted with the same thing they had directly before Christmas. Hey, there's not much to choose from. And, And instantly there'll be all this pressure again.
3: So the savvy buyers are the ones that come
0: to the open homes at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah, the, 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 exactly, Patrick. The, the, the ones who are able to cut through the noise and the crap and just focus on the, what's the truth here? If they focus on that, they sort of go, well, why would I not make a really important decision to upgrade my home or to, or to, or to go from being a, a tenant to a first home buyer? or to invest in my future. If you can afford to do those things now, I'd argue that your income stability and your household equity has never been in a better position to do it. So mm. do it if you can afford to do it. Um, those who make the most money, you know, fast forward three to five years from now, will, will be the ones who transacted first. So there's probably a small window of opportunity for the composed buyer um, to get active now because there won't be as many people out and about now as what there otherwise would be.
3: Mm. It's an interesting look at it because obviously that's completely different to what, you know, is being reported on the daily, but it, it makes sense. Like, um, I think too many people get confused by looking at Melbourne and Sydney where there is big giant waves of sort of interest that go up and down and price fluctuation, but the outer cities and the smaller cities don't see that big big
2: trend. Yeah,
0: and it's, a, it's, it's always been a problem what you have just said there, Patrick. Um, Sydney and Melbourne, whatever's happening in their property markets is always reported as this is the national theme. So if we go back 2013 to 2017, Sydney and Melbourne were booming. Nowhere else in Australia was booming, but the, but the real estate commentary was Australian real estate is booming. Those two mm-hmm. cities were. 2017 to 2019, Sydney and Melbourne were in a significant property market downturn. Hobart was booming and most of the rest of Australia was experiencing mild growth. But because the two big cities were in downturn, it was reported as a national downturn. Right mm. now, um, Sydney and Melbourne have the most fragile property market fundamentals in all of Australia. Property consistently said that throughout the last two years. So what we're seeing now, Price reductions in Sydney and Melbourne um, is, I guess, that you know, the, the, the sugar fix, the, the interest rate cuts, um, that's gone. Now the rising tide's left all ships. You're, you're now left to uh, um, markets with your core fundamentals from the term of performance. Sydney and Melbourne have got fragile fundamental so they're starting to see price declines so people listening to this need to be mindful every time they consume information through the mainstream media about real estate it is dominated by whatever's happening in sydney and melbourne and often what's happening in the rest of australia is the opposite to what's happening in sydney and melbourne
2: well there's a there's a i like the follow-up saying to the rising tide lifts on ships is it when the tide goes out you soon find out who's been who's been swimming without their bathers on.
0: Absolutely, uh, Sydney and Melbourne. Um, <laughs> great,
2: great, great optics there. Um, <laughs> um,
0: so we've just we've just summarised uh, facts. Hobart's fundamentals. Mm, yeah. Sydney, and Mel- Sydney and Melbourne officially had negative population over the last two years. Melbourne especially mm. had sixty thousand decline in their population over that period of time. They've had an their number of dwellings for sale. I read you Hobart stats, their number of dwellings for sale is back at equilibrium. You've got about 20% of what you probably should have. Sydney and Melbourne are back at equilibrium. The rental supply in Melbourne and Sydney is at equilibrium. Their economy is a lot more fragile than places like Hobart and the rest of Australia because it has a greater reliance on global events, international tourism, international students. Um, they depend on that a lot. Um, and that hasn't been there for two years. So lots of people have left, lots of businesses have closed so, um, and they've got a lot more supply. So um, when you're reading real estate media, always be mindful that they're, they're sort of reflecting what they believe is occurring in Sydney and Melbourne. And that's certainly the opposite of what, what you're experiencing. Can I give you a few more stats, gentlemen?
1: Yeah, hit us with everything. We love stats.
0: Over the last five decades, like, if we think we're going through some if – if you think interest rates sound scary, goodness me, like it, our ancestors will be looking down on us going, oh, my God, money is just about free. It's gone to a little bit more than free and, and people are scared. So over the last five decades, we, we've had 13 prime ministers. We've had inflation for long periods of time at between 5 and 15%. For, for years, right? We've had interest rates at 17%. We've had four recessions over the last five. Decades we've had a GFC, we've had umpteen wars around the world, we've just come out of a global health pandemic. Here's what Hobart's median house price has done over the last five decades, and all that stuff's happened. At the start of 1970, Hobart's median house price was twelve thousand dollars. Fast forward 10 years, it was thirty six thousand dollars, so it tripled in that decade. At the beginning of 1990, it had increased to eighty three thousand it had increased by 2.3 times over that decade. The the next decade, at the start of the year 2000, Hobart's house was $110,000. The next decade, it had increased to $350,000. And we started this decade at $550,000. And in the two years since then, We've added $200,000 to that. So throw whatever you want at it. It doesn't mean that you know markets will, will boom every single year. We know that that doesn't happen. But over the course of time, real estate is very resilient. There's always no such thing as a perfect market. There's always something adverse happening. Um, and in the digital world, we tend to focus on that adverse thing. But when we look at the combined sum of all things, it's usually a much more positive picture than a negative picture. And because it's shelter, it.
1: Performs well. Mm. Yeah, that's super interesting. Just kind of, yeah, right, running through that time frame and it just kind of, yeah, it's it's pretty stable. It's just doing what it's doing. And as you say, like, shelter is essential. So it's not like it's just going to be fall off like Bitcoin and just be a completely different, like all the, yeah, what were those things that were popular before? The monkey pictures that were NFTs or whatever they were. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in in a month's time, people might forget they even exist. But yeah, shelter is always going to be shelter. Like,
2: and, and I can imagine over these fifty years, we've seen the exact same headlines repeat over and over and over again, saying the exact same things. We, would have, done, we yeah. would
0: have done we would have done, John, but, but we wouldn't have seen the headline as much because we didn't exactly. have a device in our hand twenty four seven. We would have actually yeah. had to physically pick up the newspaper and read it. And most people didn't read the newspaper, but if they did, once they read it, they put it down. Mm. That's it, newspaper's gone. But now we just keep picking the device up, don't we? we keep reading the same message written by a different person over and over again. Mm.
2: Yeah,
3: so just it into you emotionally far far quicker. Yeah. I and mean, then all the comments that follow us would fall in out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Well, just, yeah, like the bad news is kind of the doom and gloom is what everybody reports on because mm-hmm. that's what, the, yeah, as you say, the clickbait articles are going to um, well, provide. So, yeah, it's really, really refreshing hearing yeah, the other side of the coin, my friend.
2: Yeah, especially on those comments, they're emotional responses too because people just go, it's it's not like that. It's just, you know, you can scroll through a thousand comments it might be one really well-leveled, educated opinion. Like, okay, that makes sense. The rest of it's all just like slam, 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 slam. So, reading through and ends up becoming more entertainment factual. <laughs>
0: you know, See, with, with inflation and interest rates, it's important to, for people to understand it, don't fear it. Understand yeah. why interest rates are going up. It's actually a good thing. None of us like paying more interest, but interest rates go up when the economy is strong. Mm-hmm. Would we rather a strong economy or would we rather a fragile economy where there's less people in jobs and those who have jobs aren't really certain how long they hold it for? So we've got a strong economy. The Reserve Bank were always going to increase interest rates as soon as they felt it was safe for our economy to do so. Why that's the case is because whenever there's the next big moment of adversity, the the rba can go we're going to provide our community with some confidence without even increasing wages we're going to put money back in their pocket by reducing the interest rate so they can go cut 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 so you can't cut when you're at zero mm-hmm. yeah Two months ago, we were at zero. So the RBA, um, their, their strategy is to let's get interest rates back up to to a more normal level, and this that's why I said earlier. I think they'll end up somewhere where they were three years ago, when Australian home loan arrears was only one percent. That was it. Um, so I think they'll end up back there, and we should actually be going. Hey, that's a really sensible decision because that mm. you know where we've got the best economy that we've had in fifty years right now, and let's ensure that we've got. Enough ammunition at our country's disposal in the event that something changes years down the track. So mm-hmm. we shouldn't fear that. Stealing a safety net into the
1: um, protocols to be like, look, if we hit another pandemic or something else happens globally, mm-hmm. we've got a safety net where we can move backwards forwards. Yeah, Spot on,
2: on. Spot on. on. Yeah. If I was to you know sit on the fence of someone who's you know put themselves in a financial situation where. Um, the rising costs of living and interest rates will have a, you know, a really significant impact. Um, is it a reality that we will see some people that will be affected adversely and have to make tough decisions like selling their homes because they can no longer um, support those, you know, the inflationary pressure along with with interest rates? I suppose that, um, and then you know, an answer to my question is that well, I suppose they didn't really plan enough for any other alternative scenario. Would that be right?
0: Um look every single year there are always people that fit that description but but it's it's always seriously way less than, than 1%. Um, yeah. and, and I mean as I said earlier like very <coughs> a, a high majority of Australians have uh, not taken on any extra debt over the last however many years. Um, they've got all those cash reserves they've got equity. Um, the smaller percentage of Australians who have say you know upgraded their house or become a first home buyer or something like that they've had to jump through the most stringent um, finance hoops that any country in the world requires. So um, it's a legal requirement for every bank in Australia to assess a borrower's ability to um, uh, take on on new debt by adding 3%. So 12 -hmm. interest rate rises over and above the rate that they're borrowing. So let's say two months ago, loosely speaking, um, you're applying for a loan and the banks um, offered you a 2.5% interest rate. You have to convince that bank that you can afford to pay it back at 5.5%. Hmm.
3: And that's a valid point that I don't reckon a lot of people realise on. Like we speak to brokers quite often and they explain that scenario. Um, I was talking to one of the reps here at Rams last week and he pointed that out. So when I was talking to him about do you think this is going to cause issues for some homeowners, he was quite confident that he doesn't think it will for that exact reason that – they are a lot stricter these days on lending and you have to provide evidence that you can support that loan at the higher rate. So, yeah, I think that's something to to reassure people as well so they are aware that that's how funding and bank loans work these days so that you're not going to see that potentially huge collapse that people keep describing when the bubble is about to burst.
0: Um, yeah, it's a, it's a naive comment, those who, who, who make that make that comment um as i said for most people um the minimum required loan repayment will just get back to where it was three years ago and most people with a mortgage are already paying more than that minimum three years ago so um they, they seriously won't even uh, they won't even feel it yeah uh,
3: well, it's been interesting as always simon thank you
1: so much for taking the time to have a chat to us we always appreciate you reaching out to us yeah but and can i just say before i go like i really like the foliage that's behind me but looking behind you that just looks like paradise. Is that the office? That's the office. Um,
0: that's all I've got to thank COVID uh, for that, Aaron. Uh, we we adopted the permanent work from home business model once. Uh, we never When we went all into that national lockdown, we just never come out of it. Um, we found ourselves <laughs> more, more productive and... Uh, more relaxed and um, yeah, so I'm sitting on the back deck having this conversation.
1: Oh mate, I love that. Yeah, No, it looks absolutely divine. We're covered in snow down this way. The mountains are uh, white like a big Boston bun. So um, yeah, look, we appreciate you you're reaching out and yeah, you're always welcome on the podcast. It's um yeah, super having you just uh, as kind of yeah, in our corner and, and coming and helping us out and loving our state. Keep happy. Great work.
3: Uh,
0: Beautiful. Thank you very much as
1: always, mate. Thanks, mate. See you again. Bye-bye. Awesome. Like I said, crew, absolute superstar of property. The guy knows his stuff. Simon Presley, managing director of Propertyology and REIA Hall of Famer. Absolute superstar. If you want to find him, head to propertyology.com.au. You can find him on all his socials and yeah, those guys are superstars and he's always so generous with his time. I can see that he lives in absolute paradise. Uh, Very jealous about that. Um um, yeah. Thank you for being on the show once again my friend. Um yeah, keep listening and we'll be back next week with even more property pod. All right. Bye.